What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Babbling Pastor Podcast, part of the Honest Youth Pastor YouTube channel. The only podcast you'll ever need in your entire life. And if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. I'm your host, Michael. Uh, and I'm Rob. And I approve of this message. <laughs> He approves. If you don't think this, I mean, I don't, I don't care who you have to listen to. I just think we need to be at the top because of just, I mean, let's be fair. The quality of podcast, the preparation of the host, the, um, some other arbitrary thing that you can throw in there. I mean, it's just like, I, you can't beat this. <laughs> the, the unequaled, um, quality both in professional uh, video and audio editing mm. and in um, uh, ridiculously intellectual content. Yes. Also, uh, it's just unparalleled. We're opening up our resume padding services for you. If you'd like us to write your <laughs> resume, <laughs> we, we, we'd be yeah. more than happy to make you if uh, just... Sound like the, if you just, if you would like us to lie for you too, <laughs> call one eight hundred. Like, uh, sir, we 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 see here that you are a uh, a, a lighting professional networker. What does that mean? I once put in a light bulb and someone handed it to me. Oh, well, that yeah. doesn't sound quite as impressive. Um, so I've also had experience in receiving. <laughs> yes, inventory, <laughs> one light bulb. <laughs> also i'm a crisis i'm a crisis development manager i have two children and i crisis development between them all day long yeah so. and a proficient liar <laughs> that's that's my top quality well you're you did you are applying for a marketing agency uh so if it doesn't work out here you can go into politics fantastic so today we are continuing with our third episode in questions from rob's family 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 what's but the first oh, oh yeah how do i forget to plug my own stinking product how do i i'm terrible at this but first and I, i've pulled this one um and i i have a, a bone to pick with the wording michael but okay here we go Oh no! Everybody ready? I'm Don't ask ready. those questions, but we're gonna ask them. Okay, here's the trans. Here's the trans. Here's the question: Which translation do you prefer? King James version, KJV, New International Version, NIV, English Standard Version, ESV, or another? Which translation do you prefer? Well, I'm really and my only my only question is why is not why is the NASB in there? See, I just kind of <laughs> threw I just kind of threw them on there, and that's why yeah, the I or know. other I know that's the or other. That's, um, yeah. you'd be surprised at how much I went to Christina. I was like, so is this like is this question worded right? <laughs> so they're all my wife approved, by the way. She also had to spell check everything. Okay, well then, knows. in that case, this is an immaculate question. Oh, well, thank you. Thank Good you job. For sucking up to my wife. Um, so <laughs> uh, I, I prefer the ESV, though uh, I think what I'm about to say to qualify that does apply to other versions um, that have been made since the ESV. But I think the readability and understandability is, um, is for me, the one of the easier ones to use. Um, because, uh, for example... 
there's people that I still know that use or preach out of the KJV, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, like, it's just it's hard to understand, um, and especially when you're trying to get your 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 point across. In some respects, it doesn't really even represent the original text very well. So that for for me, the ESV is very close. I think it strikes that understandability and closeness to the original language for me that I think is really well. Now I know people have issues with it because of the complementarianism. Uh, but past that, I don't think you can really argue much against the ESV in regards to that, that, that nice balance there though. Again, there have been translations that have come out since that do that probably equally, or maybe a little better, but, um, that's why I use it. And, um, the interesting thing is I never tell people necessarily what I'm preaching from, but I've had a handful of people after services come up like over the last probably two years and are like, Hey, what do you read from? Cause it's way easier than mine. And I think that just, <laughs> I think that just goes to prove my point. And as far as like readability, um, it is just for me, again, I've mentioned in previous episodes that like my reading comprehension is terrible. So it words it in a way that's way easier for me to be like, Oh, that makes sense. But doesn't go to a version of like the message <laughs> where it's just like, <laughs> so yeah, so off. So, that that's mine. That's definitely mine. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, I similarly similar to what you said. I so the the ESV. I've actually gone through um, transitions with this. Um, the ESV used to be what I use uh, all the time, and still sometimes. Um, I, I do that a lot. I, I don't have a translation that I prefer. Like I, uh, there's no good answer from me for this question personally, because, um, so I've, as of late, I've been using the LSB, which is a new, uh, newer translation. It's based on the new American standard. Um, but even gets a little bit more literal and some, some people would say it's actually a little bit too literal. Um, in, in some places, but so like one of the things that I really like about that one is that Yahweh is Lord in the old Testament. And that's helpful. Um, and, um, slave is how doulos is always translated in the new Testament. So oh, you're not going nice. to run into. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just more literal, right? That so, doesn't always mean that it captures the nuances the way, but for Bible study and like like diving in deep to the how things were worded and that sort of thing, it's just it's I don't know I I've been liking it a lot. So I you probably don't know this on the top of your head, which is fine. But like I'd be interested in how it translates the different words used for hell within the New Testament, like Hades and like Lake of yeah. like it'd be interesting because like the KJVs, for example, just puts hell in everything. Like it doesn't differentiate. Yeah. But Which that is actually be... incorrect. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ter- yeah, it's yeah. terribly it is just very misleading. And, so And that... it's created bad theology. Terrible. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I it's so I, I I can't say um with certainty, but um the the word that is that should be translated as Gehenna is going to be translated as Gehenna. Like that's the that's point nice. of the translation. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That, oh, that's a pretty big selling point for me to be frankly honest with you. That yeah. might be worth looking at because you don't have, if you're looking at context and culture and trying to get as, as accurate a read as you can on it, that would be incredibly helpful in doing that 
to where you don't have to. I mean, even in preaching, that would make it more helpful because then I just I just eliminate having to yeah. explain that to you because it's already right there. So. So the only the only caveat is this. It's it's so new that this is basically what you can get, right? Like, so there, there's an app you can get that's, you know, um, uh, the Accordance or something like that, Accordance app or something like that, um, where it has, like, uh, all the um, cross-references and textual notes and that sort of thing. But um, they actually, the physical copies of the scriptures uh, for the LSB do not have, um, those yet hmm. that they, they're, they're coming out with all the one that has all the cross references and textual footnotes, uh, like in December, it's supposed to be out. All right. But, so I'm waiting until next year. So yeah, yeah. Wow. don't get version one, <laughs> wait for version two, but yeah. Anyway. Um, but so I think though, from, from what you were talking about, as far as readability, and and something that so something that I recommend over like an NIV, uh, for instance, would be the CSB, um, I, I've the Christian Standard Bible, which is a what's um, the Christian Standard? So right, yeah. So it's correct and everything, um, but it's it's really kind of a remake or a, a, a redress of the Holman Christian standard Bible, the HCSB. Okay. Um, but they, they do a, a good job of capturing like nuances and things like that, um, that you wouldn't understand in a, in an incredibly literal translation. So in my mind, Christian, you can get, um, Bibles for really cheap. And frankly, you can get them for free on your phone. Um, all sorts of different translations. So do that. Uh, it it actually helps you a lot understand um, understand the scriptures better to be able to read from different English translations. Good so. deal. All right. Nice. All right. So what's our okay. question for today? Hmm. So the question from Rob's family for today is: Do we have a role or responsibility in our salvation? Or justification so do we have a role do we play a part in our salvation or justification wow um there's a lot behind that <laughs> to be frank i totally forgot that was even in there so do we play a role uh we play so do we play a role in our salvation or justification that was the question right mm -hmm. okay so the I think the like the mic drop probably reform, have to... reformed answer is yeah we do we bring the sin necessary for it uh, <laughs> so that well would be, played yeah that would be the that would definitely be the reformed like default mic drop answer um, I think there is again there's a lot of theological nuance underneath this in regards to um, but I'll answer for me so we'll do that because. Um, I think there's a lot that could have be discussed here, but so the, uh, from scripture, and again, I'm going to not have the verses in mind specifically here, but I'm sure you could Google them later. Um, we are, God gives us the faith. It is a gift of faith to believe and understand who Jesus is and then respond to that in repentance. 
Um, so I guess the our part in it, as far as I can see through Scripture, is that our part is the response to that, the turning from sin and turning toward Jesus. Um, but that's only possible because of the faith that we receive through Christ, uh, the gift from God of this faith to believe who he is and understand who he is. Um, and then respond to that. Now, after justification, um, obviously sanctification occurs, and then we play a part in that, again, also in just responding and doing the good works that he has laid out for us already. But we do have to do those good, like it is on our part to do those good works. But again, that's not really, that's past the question. That's, That's not a part of salvation or justification. That's way past it. So I guess the short answer when put on the spot would be we do play a part, but only in as much as it is really sort of a secondary part of, of saying like, I, I know because I've been gifted the faith to understand who Jesus is. I respond to that faith and repent and believe and follow him. So that's my short. So yes and no, because I'm only able to do that because he enables me to do that. So, You're right. Okay. Good job. What's the next topic? <laughs> so, oh, so, well, again, there's a lot there. There's so much there to talk through. So, yeah. So, um, I'm going to read just a few brief scriptures. Okay. Is that okay? I'm glad, that, I'm gl- I'm so, that... I'm glad somebody came prepared with Bible today. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, so, uh, you know, hopefully our audience is, is okay with me reading the Bible. Just, just I would mm, hope. If not, you, I don't know why you're here. You're in the wrong space. Mm. Ephesians 1.11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay. Uh, Romans 9.11. Though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. And then it goes on. Um, Psalm 115.3, our God is our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Um, so that's, a you know, not specific to salvation, but it seems to be all encompassing. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is maybe the most famous one for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And there are lots more uh, in that same vein. So um, with that being said, so that there is there is controversy, right, that surrounds this kind of topic. And um, I think that uh, so my uh, stepdad and mom were listening or watching uh, some kind of RC Sproul thing briefly. And that's what kind of I think that's what brought it to his mind. And he he was like, OK, well, what about this? Right. Um, so do we have a role or responsibility in our salvation or justification? I think first what we need to understand is our salvation um, is uh, our justification is a small part of our coming to salvation. It's just one piece of that puzzle of salvation. So there's what's called the ordo salutis right the That's, order of yeah salvation. this is where people get all up in their britches about yeah the two yeah. being switched yeah yeah so um let me tell the audience what is correct um 
So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so in a previous episode, we uh, we actually said uh, just a couple of episodes ago not to trust anyone but to go to the scriptures. So, so I would I would say do that here as well. But so this is the so on paper this is what the the order of salvation is understood to be um, in Orthodox Christianity, Reformed Christianity. Um, uh, foreknowledge is the first thing. So foreknowledge is misunderstood a lot. Foreknowledge does not mean that God uh, looked through time and saw who would choose him freely and then chose them based on that. That actually makes zero sense. It, it's it, So foreknowledge has a lot more to do with God's love than um, God's looking down on love to people. Um, and and the, the justification for that is uh, in the, the, the translation of the word no, and what we know about the word no <laughs> in the Old Testament, like Adam knew Eve, his wife. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that they had sex, right? They, they had intimate relations and uh, babies were created. It, it has to do with, with intimately loving someone. So the fact that God foreknew someone uh, doesn't mean uh, that they um, are uh, that they in their own free will chose God and God saw that that would happen. That's not what it means to foreknow, um, because it would make predestination and election, which are also both biblical words, it would make them make no sense. Um, so because God didn't predestine anything. If he simply saw what you would choose, God didn't elect anything because he saw what you would choose. Um, so the ordo solution, uh, salutis, sorry, the order of salvation, I'm just going to read down through it and then we can, we can talk about maybe some of that if we want. Um, so traditionally it's this foreknowledge, then predestination. So God's choosing before time, all who would be saved election, uh, God's choosing of all who would be saved regeneration god's renewing of one's life not physically but the spiritual life uh evangelism the communication of the gospel by which one can be saved faith belief and trust in the message of the gospel conversion one's turning to god based on the gospel perseverance one's continued true belief um uh, repentance changing one's mind from rejection of Christ to faith in Christ, justification, which is uh, the freedom we have from the penalty of sin, uh, so not guilty before God anymore, sanctification, God's separation of one from the lure of sin, and glorification, God's final removal of all sin from the life and presence of one in the eternal state. So that's traditionally the order of salvation when we when you hear the term ordo salutis or order of salvation that's that's typically what you're going to hear about at least from the reformed perspective so i i, I personally yeah. I, I look at this and there are some things that um so the i think that it could be condensed i guess is what i would say and and i've um, heard more condensed versions that's when you were reading i was like oh that yeah. has some extra steps that i never heard before Right. So essentially, um, the, the, what it always comes down to is this, um, 
did God choose the believer or did the believer choose God? That's essentially what it all boils. That's the point of contention. That's the point that people like to argue about. Um, and the answer, uh, I mean, the, the, the correct answer to that is both from Scripture. I mean, you, you absolutely can't argue with words like elected or predestined. You, you just, you can't argue with it, right? Uh, um, especially when it, it further um, explains itself with before the foundation of the world, right? Uh, so uh, you weren't here then, right? So it, at least in some sense, no matter how uh, you want to slice that, um, at least in some sense, God's free will to choose you and predestine you predates your ability, uh, your existence and ability to, to, you know, exercise will of any sort. Um, so in one sense, God predestines people, foreknows people. So before the foundation of the world um, sets his love on people right? Predestines people, elects people. Um, uh, and so, but the, the actual regeneration, conversion um, uh, of a person's heart and life happens. Um, it's an act of God. So you're, here's the, here's the fight. Um, I'm presented with the gospel. Um, and it cuts me to the heart, like an axe to, um, do, do I, in my own free will at that point, am I the one taking that next step? Is that my salvation? Is that the point at which I'm saved? When, when I say, yep, that makes sense. I'm Christ, right? Is that the point at which I'm saved? And did I have something to do with that since I decided whatever? Um, and uh, the first thing that we have to consider, I think, is that the scriptures are pretty clear that no one seeks after God, right? That that um, nobody comes to him. So seeker-sensitive church, like that terminology, is stupid and incoherent, according to scripture. There, There is nobody who is coming that seeks after God unless the Father draws them first. So anyone who comes that is actually seeking is not seeking out of their own fallen nature. They're seeking because God is in the process of drawing them to himself. Um, and uh, so the, the point of actual conversion um, is, is hotly debated, right? Uh, but, but, the thing that I think we have to understand is before the point of conversion, before any of that argument, God predestined and elected. And so if that's true, then no matter the order of the rest of it, salvation is on God. Um, and so do you have a responsibility? Yeah, of course you do. You have the responsibility to, to uh, put your faith in Christ, to repent of your sins, to... Um, so yeah, of course you have, uh, you and I have responsibility to God. Um, however, um, God is the one who empowers... So in Hebrews, what does it say? What does it call Jesus? The author and perfecter of our faith. So where does our faith even come from? Probably the author, right? 
Um, so th this this uh, argument, I think that Scripture is really clear, honestly, about maybe maybe we can argue about the the little you know like uh, this is before this or this is after this or whatever. Uh, maybe maybe we can have that discussion, but but to say that I contribute to my salvation um, uh, is is kind of a loaded subject because uh, in broad strokes, no, you don't, uh, because even your faith being exercised to be put in Christ <laughs> comes from Christ, <laughs> and um, your you know specifically justification is mentioned in the in the question. And one of the reasons of that is like, I don't know how, how much you, uh, read or, un, or have heard or whatever, but like the new perspective on Paul and NT Wright and all of that stuff. I've um, heard the terminology. I have not really looked into it so much. Yeah. I know people that have, but we haven't had a ton of discussion really on it so much. Well, part of, part of some of that, and actually, um, John Piper subscribes to some to some of this justification idea, but but that justification isn't uh, a one and done kind of thing, right? And I might be getting a, some of the nuance wrong, but essentially, um, the the there's an argument out there that says that justification is a process like sanctification, and you you're immediately justified before God at, at Christ right at, at that moment of conversion but that your justification works itself out in in your works through your sanctification in your life now um i i don't think that makes any sense according to scripture i i, I understand that they have scripture in their argumentation um, um and however uh justified is the word used in scripture for the Christian, that, that the, the Christian has been justified. And so um, our uh, being saved from the penalty of sin is, is a one and done, and it's done by God, because the Christian, no, no human can stand before God apart from Christ, apart from the action of God to save that Christian and make it make the person a Christian. Nobody can stand, but this is Romans one. We've already talked about this. You have no excuse. Nobody gets to stand before God and even present a, a, a case that's even sort of an inkling of valid. It's not going to happen. There's no case to be made um, other than I, I'm wearing the righteousness of Christ by grace alone. Um, yeah, I've never so heard that, that was a lot, but yeah, well, <laughs> that last part specifically, I don't know if I've ever, I've never heard. They sort of, I, I mean, again, this is this can be a generalized point here, but I've never heard of that. But it sounds sort of Catholic in nature, as far as like my works also sort of have. I mean, not that this again, this is a generalization as well, but my works save me. It'd be more. It seems like it falls more in that line of me doing things that fall within the will of God, like what God has dictated, plays a part in my salvation. A little bit is what it sounds like. I don't know if that would be an accurate representation, but I, I would go back to what you said already. In the, as far as scripture, though, what we see is that, um, especially clear within the New Testament writing and the epistles, and then obviously the apostles' writings, is that it's, it's this faith in Christ that saves, and then it's worked out 
in certain ways, which maybe is what, you know, N.T. Wright and Piper may be trying to get at is that it's really the demonstration of this reality is worked out in, in the believer's life um, in various ways. And I think that's where maybe I would, I would say it's more sanctification than somebody being justified because it's the sanctification being worked in your life that, you know, that, that makes you more like Christ. So you have, for example, believers in Corinth that Paul calls brothers and sisters that are doing terrible things. Um, but then you also have other letters where like John's writing to these believers that are just so full with the spirit of God and the love for Jesus and their communities that these are all included within the, the church and, but they're all going through different parts of sanctification. So I, I don't like that. That would be my, I don't know for what it's worth. My little kickback there is that it, it seems like you're saved, but then it's worked out through sanctification. But the original question isn't that the question is, what do we play? What part do we play in that? And I think that that is something that we need to really think about so much. I don't know if we need to like fixate on it, but I think it is something we need to think about a lot because when you were going through like those steps, what are the steps that you, what was like the third step you mentioned? It was like the third or fourth one in that list that you brought up that was intriguing. Um, uh, regeneration. Yeah. And that was before the rest of them. Right. So what the picture that comes to mind there is interesting is like, I've heard people before and I can see in my own life, like before the point where I would say I was saved, there's clearly things like that happened in my life up to that point that, that led to that point. Right. So when you're talking about regeneration, it seems like to me, it sort of paints a picture of like, readying the soil for the seed that's coming, right? It's this, and I think that plays into the predestination idea that, that God is, he's going to save you. And this is, you know, in that, that, that sort of that path to doing that is getting the soil ready for the seed of faith, but he's regenerated you. So when that he gifts you the faith that you can respond mm -hmm. to the faith because your heart's not hardened at this point, because he's already done pre-work on you in order to get you to the point to where, when it is presented to you, you do believe. Um, but I think in, in our sort of very momentary lives that we live in the moment, like when we're saved, we're like, oh, well, this was the point. And we ignore or don't see maybe God's work way before that point in order to get us to the point to where when faith is presented to us, we are able to respond. And I think that's where maybe sometimes we're like, oh, no, we had a part in it because we responded and we don't see that like, yeah, but he did a lot before this for you. So you could respond. Yeah. And I think to work around that is where we have some, maybe some more of those heated theological debates. Like you were talking about, like God looks down the corridor of time and then he goes, okay, you'll pick me. All right, that guy's in. And I think we, we make some workarounds here that aren't necessary. If we just go, you know, God's, <laughs> God's got this plan and this is how he works this plan. Um, but we have to do, we make some theological workarounds because we're not comfortable with that. We're not comfortable with the idea that God picked that person. Uh, because that means other things, implications that come with that that we're not comfortable with. So we're like, yeah, but well, what he did was uh, he looked down into the end of time, like some Marvel universe and goes, oh, that dude is going <laughs> to pick me. And then he comes back to the beginning of time before he does anything and goes, well, because I'm outside of time. I'm going to pick that guy because he picked me eventually anyway. And it's, I think I think we miss a lot of the beauty of our own salvation. <laughs> in trying to just to mundanely put all this in order, which is important. Again, yeah. I'm not saying it's not important, but I think sometimes we overthink it and we, we don't look at the fact 
for example, for, uh, and this is just, so this will be my story. It's all about me, right? Seeker sensitive church here. <laughs> is that um, I was born into a family of believers that took me to church, which inevitably softened the ground of, of me hearing the gospel so that when I did hear it later on, I mean, there's a lot of backstory there clearly, but when I heard it, because I was already in the place to that I grew up in that I was able to, and now again, it's yeah. not everybody's story, but that's not how God works everywhere. Everybody's, and it's not how he's going to soften everybody's soil. But the idea is, I think we miss out on the beauty and the gift of how God works us into our salvation. And we just fixate on the like, yeah, but we said yes one time. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot more to it. Like God is so yeah. gracious in how he works out uh, the point to where we can respond um and we get so fixated if we did it or if he did it because we want to have some control in it like for whatever stupid reason we feel like that's necessary um like yeah so i don't know that 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 would be my point i guess in answering the question is you know what part do we play we play the part of responding but then there's so much underneath there of like there were people praying for you you were put in a specific place you heard a specific message all of this you had no control over but god was doing so to bring you to himself so that in that moment you would say yes um and again there's like uh, there's so much more to that as well but that 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 would be my feedback to that the question that thought there so yeah yeah so here's here's the so obviously what we spelled out before um is an elongated uh and uh a, a version of the ordo salutis right Textbook. the order of salvation that is that is clearly a lot of thought and discussion and whatever has been put into that list but the the one that actually matters okay um it is found it's sort of the the condensed version doesn't even include sanctification. So, I mean, I know this is a condensed version of the whole thing, but you're just going to read uh, the Bible, um, aren't you? You're going to not read some sort of catechism or some sort of outline. You're going to read the Bible. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Romans 8, 29 and 30. Uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So um, this, this all starts with God's foreknowledge, with him um, uh, for beforehand setting his love on people uh he also predestined them so that that word should really be self-explanatory there's um there's no way a person who understands the english language is going to read the word predestined and not understand what is being said beforehand he uh created the destiny of that so that this was predestined to occur because he foreknew them uh, and, and so what did he predestine us to become conformed to the image of his son? So there you could say is sanctification, <laughs> like that's the outcome or the, the point. Um, and, uh, those who he predestined, he called. So 
that effectual calling um, that is that you hear about in theological cer- terms um, and circles. Effectual it's got calling. Bible that, rooting. <laughs> what? Weird. Weird. Um, but so, like all of these things, this I, I think if I had one takeaway right from this from this question, it's that no matter how you sort of slice that how it all happens in the order of things what what you can absolutely know for sure is that if god predestined someone or elected them before the foundation of the earth then because he's god there is no world that exists in which his his will in that is not going to be carried out um one that helps us understand a little bit more uh, about who God is, right? That He is Almighty, all powerful, all knowing, all you know. Um, and and two, it gives the Christian such profound assurance to know that um, while we were sinners, Christ died for us um while we were the ungodly christ died for us that um that because he foreknew and predestined and elected that there's no chance that this won't happen that it's not going to follow itself out to the logical conclusion of glorification someday in the presence of god um so i like it it tells us a whole lot about who God is and who we are and the confidence and faith that we can have in in this great God that we serve. So, um, do do we have any role or responsibility in our salvation or justification? Yeah, we do because we have to repent. And and there's a whole wing of, um, sort of that that King James onlyist uh, independent fundamental. Baptist, whatever, there's a whole wing of that that's even a step further, right, that um, that would say well, repentance is unbiblical as far as, it, you know, salvation is concerned, because then you would be saved by your works, right? So, I mean, and I get I get what they're trying to say there, but... <laughs> the only reason, the only reason you don't think that is because you're not reading the same Bible the apostles read, which was the King James Version. <laughs> And right. if, you, if you were to read that same Bible that the apostles themselves read, you would see that. So it's as simple yeah. as that. I don't know. I mean, have you, you've heard, I mean, here, I'll send you a Steve Anderson sermon. You'll get it. You'll get it. Oh gosh. I can't <laughs> believe you just quoted that man. Now, every time I feel, you know, like, I feel like I have to say him, like I have to reference him every once in a while as the perfect picture of what I'm talking about. Um, but then I'm also like, I just got that moron, some more YouTube video. I, I don't, yeah, (laughs) let's, let's put it this way in God's great glory. Um, I don't know as if anybody goes to a Steve Anderson sermon and goes, that sounds right. Like I don't think anybody does that. I, I really have been fed with the word today. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, does that. Yeah. yeah. Stephen Furtick, Stephen Anderson, total ends of the spectrum. Neither one you need to go to. Yeah. Preach. Um, yeah. And, and so, but, but yes, you do contribute, right? You, you do have a responsibility and a role to put your faith in 
the salvation that Christ provides, to repent of your sins and turn back uh, to God, which is a continuous thing. It's not just a one-time initial situation. Um, but you don't get credit for one ounce of it. Even though you have a responsibility to God, you are enabled um, by God to perform that responsibility. Um, you, you, uh, your faith is authored by Christ. The faith that you're able to put to put in Christ is authored by Christ and given to you uh, through Him. Your uh, um, uh, being uh, a dead in your trespasses um, and and being brought to life um, that's an act of God, not an act of just my will. It's not. It was never the blind person in Scripture that like spit in the ground and then put it on their eyes and then wipe their own scales off. That's not how it works. Christ did that. I done that healed and... myself. Should have right. done this before. <clears throat> so um, the the long and short of it is God gets all of that credit that he He is the one who acted. He is the one um, that that showed grace to, to the one who didn't deserve grace, that showed mercy to the ones who didn't deserve mercy. And, um, and it's only in his power, not in your good will that you, that you chose God. So you, you, you choose God simply because he has chosen you before the foundation of the world. Yeah. I don't think there's anything I can add to that. So I think that's a good end there. I think, um, other than, um, I think I'm just going to talk like this from every episode on. I just think that that would probably add to the hysteric aesthetic of everything but other than that i think that pretty much sums it up i think that's something that uh one uh, we'll end with this i guess my ending comment is this i think that that is a very good breakdown and explanation of something that oftentimes we don't cover much in sermons but more in like maybe like discipleship classes but something that people maybe don't really don't hear a lot if they haven't been involved in those sort of classes and discussions or Bible studies. But it is something that oftentimes I think does clarify for people when you actually get into the, how does my salvation actually work itself out? Um, The discussion that I think is intriguing to people. And hopefully this episode really helps sort of get people thinking about, because it's not something that we talk again. I'm sure it depends on where you're at, but um, not something that I've heard talked about a lot, but is incredibly important to the believer's life and really wells up within you this love for God for how he does this for you and just makes you appreciate it even more. So that would be, yeah. All right. You got anything to end? Nope, that was pretty good. All right. Well, by God, we're done then, guys. Thanks for joining <laughs> in this week of the Babylon Pastor Podcast. Next week, we will we'll cover the last question in Rob's Family Ask. Questions, 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 questions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you then. We'll see you then. I'll see you. Bye. Well, see you later, alligator. <laughs>